give me your hand. Believe in me as I believed in you. I've been like a father to you. Be a son to me now. I have a father. His name was Ben Parker. Godspeed, Spider-Man. Merry Christmas, I don't want to fight tonight with... Oh, welcome back, Popheads. Welcome to issue 198 of the TomCast Popcast. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for listening to this quality independent pop culture podcast. Happy holidays. The week of Christmas is upon us. It is, as as we have been told by Europe, the final countdown to the Christmas season. It is on us. It is here. And we have a wonderful show to kick off your week. And uh, if you understand the Ramones connection of why I'm playing this song, where we're talking, we're getting ready to talk about Spider-Man, then bonus points to you, sirs. Sirs and fine ladies out there listening to the show. <laughs> hey, remember to follow us on social media. We're at Tomcast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, TomcastPopcast at gmail.com. Remember to like, subscribe, follow, share, all that good stuff. It's so wonderful that you do that for us, and we truly, truly appreciate it, especially at this season of giving. And speaking of giving, why don't you give us a five-star review? That'd be a great Christmas present. We'd love it so very, very much. So, yeah, you probably saw it in the theater. Uh, We are here to talk about the recently released Spider-Man No Way Home. And not like a trailer. We're not not doing a a reaction to a trailer. Like, it's it's out. The movie is out. It is upon us. And I, I, I braved up. I masked up. And then I masked up again to go to a movie theater with strangers and I don't know where they've been <laughs> I don't I don't know when the last time they sanitized their bodies was I don't know what particles and droplets they've been breathing in but I braved it masked up twice to go see Spider-Man No Way Home because uh, I couldn't I couldn't not do it if you listen to our last episode if you listen to the the Hawkeye episode 5 Ronin review uh, you know that that episode might have been the final push I needed to get me to go see this movie. And uh, so it works out great because you guys get an extra podcast out of it, one I wasn't sure I was going to be able to record. Uh, and and listen, let's just put it out there. Uh, and again, in case you didn't see it in the theater, massive mega fucking spoilers coming your way. We're not going to hold anything back. Uh, we're going to talk about it all because there is so much to talk about with this movie. And... Uh, as is sort of become the norm, uh, it'll be a fairly unconventional review in many, many, many senses uh, because uh, we're not going to walk through this, you know, plot point by plot point, scene by scene. We're not going to do any of that stuff. Uh, I, I really just want to talk about like some of the big, important elements to this, and basically, I mean, this like, like let's just put it out there right now why I think this might be um, perhaps 
the finest Spider-Man movie thus far. And that's that's a bold claim. That's a bold statement because as much as I've loved the Tom Holland movies, uh, I still think Spider-Man 2, uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2, with Alfred Molina, Tobey Maguire, is, is still my favorite Spider-Man movie. Um, and this this one is... It's right up there. I don't know. I, I need more time with this one. Uh, but I love so much of what this one does. And, and we're going to talk about it on the, on the other side of the break here in, in a moment. I want Before we get into it, though, I do want to thank the official members of Pop Hit Nation. Without their support, this show would be dead in the water. And, and if you want to join that nation, you can join. sign up over at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. Join Pop Hit Nation and gain access to sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman, uh, ooh, that was bad, the Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail. Jeff's co-hosting The Ring and Air, a great music podcast. Please check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Rizard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wagamer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista, a pride brewing company right here in San Diego, California, and coming extremely soon to Baltimore, Maryland. Get ready, Marylanders. Get ready. The Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, and of course, the Silent Assassin. He who shall not be named. All right. Yes. Again, massive spoiler alert right now. If you've not seen the movie, if you do not want things uh, uh, ruined, spoiled, uh, if you do not want elements of this movie to be revealed to you in a podcast, pause this right now. Come back after you've seen the movie. We'll be here. Then we'll have our discussion with you. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's the joy of the podcast, right? You can put it on whenever you want. Just, you know. Hopefully you're downloading it already so because it makes me feel good to see people have actually downloaded the show. So truly, truly appreciate that. All right. So you know what we got to do. You got to sit down, buckle up, hold on to your butts, and buckle up again because we're strapping on our web shooters and we're swinging. Let's go. <clears throat> you know, in the future, if you're going to steal cars, don't dress like a car thief, man. What are you? You a cop? Really? You seriously think I'm a cop? in a skin-tight red and blue suit. You know, you're, you're, you're... I've got a mind of the true scholar, sir. I, I was going more for one of the guys who do the luge. Good thinking, good thinking. Use the window. Get out the window. There you go, you got it. Whoa. So let's talk Spider-Man. Let's kind of contextualize, if you will. Um, cinematic Spider-Man, for a long time, has been more good than bad, which has been really, really nice. But let's go back in time a little bit to 2002, when the first of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man's Spider-Man films burst onto the scene, uh, again, 2002, a time that not a lot of comic book movies were coming out. You know, we had Blade in like 98 or 99. Uh, Fox had released the X-Men, I think, in 2000 or 2001. And then it was Spider-Man's turn with Sony, with Sam Raimi, director of Evil Dead at the helm, Tobey Maguire in the costume, Willem Dafoe cast as the Green Goblin, and it was something of a revelation when that movie came out. There were so many questions that, that Spider-Man fans had. How, how would they make this movie? How would they make it look real? How would they make it look legitimate? Like How, how would we believe that a man could swing, <laughs> if you will? Uh, and, and, and they nailed it so well. It, it was a well-told origin story. It, was, uh, it hit on comedic beats. It hit on dramatic beats. It played up the, the Parker Luck. It played up with you know the theme of Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility, the loss of Uncle Ben, the, the, the origin. They worked in the Macho Man. I mean, they, they did so much right in that first film. Uh, the, the biggest knock I had on it, 
and again, it wasn't a detractor. I still enjoyed the movie very, very much. Uh, was that it was sort of like the technological limitations at the time that they couldn't make the Green Goblin mask that that they originally wanted to do work. So they settled for like basically a green motorcycle helmet with yellow lenses, and it, that was a shame uh, because Willem Dafoe, I think, gives a, a just a stellar performance as Norman Osborn in the Green Goblin, uh, and he is one of the most facially expressive actors in all of Hollywood. And unfortunately, you have hidden him uh, behind an immobile mask, uh, so that so that 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 facial acting that he can do so well was, was obscured. And again, it, it doesn't detract from the film so much, but it does it does sort of stand out after time and and as after repeated viewings, you're like, mm, I wish they had done something a little different. I wish they could have pulled that off uh, with with the technology at the time. But they didn't have the technology at the time. It was not possible. So we got the, the green column that we got. And that's okay. That's a great. It's a great film, and it, it's. I think it still stands up to this day. I think it plays really nicely to this day. All things considered, with the technology, technological advancements that we have nowadays, and then Spider-Man Two came out, and Spider-Man Two, believe it or not, was actually better than the first one. One of the rare sequels of the day that surpassed the original. Alfred Molina brought uh, a true sense of humanity to his villain. Uh, he was he was a tragic figure, you know. You felt for him as he was uh, turned and corrupted by by the technology that he devised, and and you know his quest was for the betterment of humanity, and and so you you sympathize with that villain, and you had Peter Parker going through an existential crisis, the the double life and the toll it was taking on him, and you had again in in, in the first one too, you had all these wonderful homages to. Uh, the early, early Stan Lee, John Romita runs the Ditko stuff. Uh, all this, all of these, these wonderful, wonderful homages and Easter eggs, and the movies were fantastic. And the cast was was clicking, firing on cylinders, especially in that second movie. Then you get around to the third Spider-Man movie, and and Sam Raimi's still at the helm. He wants to he wants to do the third one. He wants to do more, uh, but there's there's some studio pushback on who will be the villain. Uh, they're they're sort of listening to the fandom and and the and, and the the burgeoning fandom of the internet, and and they really they push Sam Raimi to include Venom in the third movie, and and Raimi is not a Venom guy, Raimi is 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 more of a classic Spider-Man villains guy. He wants he wants the Sandman in this one, uh, again a classic rogues from Spider-Man's gallery, um, but he relents, due to pressures or whatever reasons he relents, um, but also at the same time. The cast has sort of become. They've aged. They've maybe they've aged out of the roles a little bit. Uh, there's a bit of Spider-Man fatigue with them. They don't seem that invested in their parts. They seem a little. Uh, Franco in particular seems like he super phones it in. Uh, and and this one doesn't work well. There's the script's a mess. They don't really know what to do with Venom, which causes the Sandman storyline to be be hindered. Uh, and and Sam Raimi's Spider-Man ends uh, on a downer. But uh, and mercifully so, I think. I, I I think even I was had reached my 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 point with with, with that cast and and with uh, that movie. Uh, I was I remember just being so sadly disappointed watching that movie in the theaters, and and I just was like, wow, this was this was quite a death blow to to Spider Man. I, I I think I thought at the time that like this might be the last Spider Man movie we ever see because it was that it, it was that bad. It is not good. <laughs> it is not a good movie. Fast forward a couple years later, and the reboots begin. Uh, Andrew Garfield takes over the mantle of Spider-Man, 
and you get you get uh, I believe it's Mark Webb is going to be the new director for the for the next iteration of Spider-Man, and we're going to call it the Amazing Spider-Man, and the suit's going to be darker, and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man's going to be a little bit darker. He's going to be a little bit more edgy. He's going to be uh, more quippy than than, than Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, uh, and by and large, Andrew Garfield is a perfectly fine Spider-Man, uh, but he had. Uh, I, th- I think he suffered from what we now call a Henry Cavill syndrome. I think Henry, I, I've said it before, I am on the record. I think Henry Cavill is a damn fine Superman. He has just been saddled with being in bad Superman movies. I feel that way about Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. I think he's a darn fine Spider-Man, a damn fine Spider-Man, if you will. Uh, but he's been saddled with, the, with the, the burden of being in not very good Spider-Man movies. The first Amazing Spider-Man uh, is, is, is fine. It's, it's serviceable. There's... there's um, I, it, it's 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 a watchable movie. <laughs> I don't take a lot of joy out of it because they felt the need to go back and retell the origins, even though it hadn't been that long since since we saw Spider-Man's origin dictated. I mean, this is a complaint that Batman fans have as well. We're tired of seeing Batman's origin on, on cinema. We all know it inside and out. And we'll talk about origins more later. Don't worry. But but it seemed like a weird thing to go back and tell us a new version, a shockingly similar version still of Spider-Man's origin with a new Uncle Ben and a new um, uh, Aunt May. But they did that in, in these, these two Spider-Man movies led by Andrew Garfield. The second Amazing Spider-Man movie is, um, for uh, in, in kind terms, it is a steaming pile of horse shit. It is not a good movie. It's pretty darn bad. And, and again, I don't blame Garfield. I blame the terrible script. I mean, you got, I mean, you got Electro... Giving his powers because he falls into a pit of eels. <sighs> there's, there's, you have, you know, at this point you think you had like something like 50 years of Spider-Man, maybe even 60 years of comic of Spider-Man comic books to pull from, and that was your origin for Electro. Well done, Sony. Well done. Uh, and so Spider-Man, again, is, is sort of mercifully put out of his misery, cinematically speaking. There will be no third Andrew Garfield film, and and despite Andrew Garfield's uh. uh desire to do a third one. I think he was hoping for a chance at redemption uh, with the third Spider-Man flick, and it was not to be. At this time, at the time, particularly at the time of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, you know, Tobey Maguire didn't have to deal with this. Sam Raimi didn't have to deal with this. But at the time of, of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man films, the MCU was beginning to explode on the scene. You know, at this point, we were getting Avengers movies. We were getting the second wave of, Cap- of, of I think we're in phase two, by the time of the second Sp- Amazing Spider-Man movie. So the landscape of, of cinema for superheroes was changing rapidly around Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man films. And people wanted what Marvel was putting out there. They were not, they were pushing back against what Sony was doing, against what Warner Brothers in DC were doing. You know, Marvel was offering uh, light, accessible fare. And Sony was pushing like a darker Spider-Man, while DC was pushing darker Superman, darker Batman. And, and Marvel was sort of like this, this wonderful palate cleanser that appealed to everyone. And they, they strike a deal with Sony. Marvel can't get back the rights. So, again, let's go back in time a little bit here. You know, at, a, at a certain point, when comic movies weren't a thing, Marvel tried to license their characters. This, was how you made, this is how you got them made into movies back in the day. You licensed them out. So that's why the X-Men were with 20th, 20th Century Fox for so long. That's why Spider-Man is a Sony thing. They licensed it out, and the contract was like, you have to make a Spider-Man movie every X amount of years, or the rights come back to us. Well, Sony, unlike Fox, uh, has, has not relented. They have not let the rights revert back to Marvel. 
but Marvel was hell bent on getting Spider-Man back into the into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, making him part of the MCU. And so a deal was struck, a unique deal, where the two companies would share the character, share the profits, and make movies together. You know, Spider-Man would come into Civil War, and then Marvel and Sony would team up to make a Spider-Man trilogy. Or at the time, it was just a one-off even. Uh, and we all know about the contractual difficulties that came about. I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of skip around that. We don't need to have like the complete oral history of Spider-Man cinema. But then we get to Tom Holland, uh, Spider-Man, the Tom Holland, Peter Parker. And this is a, a Peter Parker who is familiar, yet very, very different. Uh, he is very much a Spider-Man of his day. He's a Peter Parker of his era. Uh, technologically friendly, goes to a high-tech, forward-thinking high school. Uh, he is... Uh, the the Parker luck is not necessarily a thing. Parker's a bit of an outcast, a bit of a kind of a kind of a social loser in a sense, um, but it works. He has this wonderful friendship with with Ned, and and they develop a relationship with MJ, and and we get to know these characters and we get to grow with these characters. But Spider Man, Tom Holland Spider Man has always been a little bit more unique from McGuire and from Andrew Garfield's because thus far. He hadn't been tinged with the tragedy, the tragic origin of Spider-Man. Until now. And that, my friends, is why I think this might be the best Spider-Man movie yet. Because this movie gives the Spider-Man origin in a reverse trilogy, basically. Like, we start off with, you know, things mostly going right for Peter Parker in, in, in Homecoming, you know? Mostly going right. Again, there's still that Spider-Man twinge of, of like things turn. Like you know, again, his his girlfriend, the girl he's been playing after, the Vulture's daughter. Okay, <laughs> and the second one, you know, things turn out. He thinks he has a new mentor in Mysterio. Turns out Mysterio's the villain. Oh, and by the way, he outs Peter Parker at the end of that movie. So again, these are classic Spider-Man tropes. This this all works. This all makes sense. But Spider-Man doesn't have that definitive. The Tom Holland Spider-Man has has yet to have that definitive moment. The the pe- with great power comes great responsibility moment. And that happens in this movie. And the way in which it is done, the way in which it is handled, I thought was exquisite. It was fantastic. When, you, when, when it begins to dawn on you just what they're doing and what's happening, what you're seeing in front of you, that you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm see- I've seen Spider-Man I've seen Tom Holland be Spider-Man in multiple movies now, multiple times, but this is it. This is the moment where he makes he he realizes that being a hero is it's not like being Iron Man. It's not like being Captain America. It is about sacrifice, and and Peter Parker has to learn that the hard way, and they do it so damn well. I'm not going to tell you how exactly they do it. I'm not going to tell you. The framework for all that stuff. Again, I want to. I want to leave. We're 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 spoiling the movie, but I want to. I want to leave something for you to go and see. I want to see some. I want to leave something for you to look forward to. And I loved this movie so much for what it did with Tom Holland's character, with MJ, with Ned. That core group right there. Their friendship is the heart of this movie. It propels this movie. Uh, at moments. It might feel a tad, a tad self-indulgent, and there are some elements of the plot that you could say are convenient, like Ned being able to use magic. 
we've had no hint of that, no suggestion of that prior. It just kind of works for the movie. Uh, but these films have earned it. Those characters have earned our trust and our, our faith through the first two Spider-Man films. So I think you can allow it. I think you let it happen. I think you go for the ride and see where it takes you on the, to the other side. And where it takes us is a wonderful place. A wonderful place where, where at the end of this film, Spider-Man is in, a, is in a, again, it's called No Way Home. And that's exactly where Spider-Man is at the end of this movie. Because there's no going back from what happens in this film. And that's why it's so good. And why it's so Spider-Man all at the same time. Now I'm going to take a quick break, break here to, uh, to wet my whistle uh, before we talk about some of the big spoilery elements, uh, the big casting stuff, the big cameos, the big appearances. We do have to talk about all of those, and we're going to do that right after this. Hello, Peter. Hi. Do, we, do I know you? What have you done with my machine? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't What machine? Do you want to play games? Catch! So let's talk about those cameos. Uh, if there is one word that I could use to describe the appearance of so many characters from the previous Spider-Man films, um, it would be it would be redemption. It would be redemption because this movie provides so much of that redemption for so many characters that I don't want to say we're wronged necessarily, but who who needed a little bit more love, cinematically speaking, and. This movie provides so, so much of it. Um, what they do with Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. What they do with Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. What they do with Jamie Foxx's Electro. It, 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 and the list goes on. I mean, even, even, even the lizard gets, gets a moment to sort of be more of the lizard that we wish he were in the, in the, in the first Amazing Spider-Man flick. Having Willem Dafoe come back was one of the things that I really, I, that was a rumor I tried to avoid. I, you know, the teaser trailer, the trailer indicated that it was probably going to happen, but I loved seeing him for the first time on the screen. It made me so, so happy. And I love when he breaks the helmet. Again, my main gripe about Green Goblin from Sam Amory's first flick is that goddamn helmet. And when he smashes it, I was so excited. And because... Willem Dafoe is such an expressive, expressive actor that by the time we get to the third scene, the big, I'm sorry, the third act, the climactic final battle, and Norman's riding around in a new, in a new sort of goblin costume, uh, sans mask, just his face, and, and, and a pair of goggles, and he's on his glider. We don't even care because he looks so good doing it. He looks more menacing with his own face as he did, as, than, than he would have with the helmet on. Defoe is so great, and again, they're using that 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 Marvel anti-aging technology to perfection with this film, with Defoe, with Alfred Molina, uh, and and I think I think possibly a couple other people as well, but I could be mistaken about that. So I don't want to I don't want to cast aspersions if I don't if uh, if I don't have the facts for it. But again, having having Alfred Molina's Octavius, having Willem Defoe's Green Goblin, gives them a final moment to shine. And and shine they do, uh, particularly particularly Octavius, his his journey is sort of completed by Tom Holland's Spider Man, uh, and it's 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 a real treat, it's a real delight, even before the things hit the fan, and and you sort of wonder. There's moments in this movie where you want to wonder about what 
Tom Holland Spider-Man is doing um, in his attempt to save these villains, to try and fix these villains. Because again, it's Spider-Man. All his villains have tragic origins. And so the Peter Parker's belief that all it would take is, is to cure them of their ailment and they would go back to being you know, good, upstanding citizens uh, is, is sort of like young, naive Peter's thinking. It, it, it makes a ton of sense for the, for the Tom Holland Spider-Man to believe this because he is still a high school student. He is not the, the world-weary, beaten-down Spider-Man that we've seen in, in um, the comic book. The comic book, basically. We, we've never really gotten a, a beat-down Spider-Man before. Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man gets a little edgy, and, and obviously Andrew Garfield's does too, but... Not like this. I mean, Tom Holland Spider-Man is still this uh, just insane optimist, this believer that that he can do the impossible and that he can make these people no- like whole again. Uh, except you come to realize he comes to realize that not all of them want to be whole again. A lot of them like who they've become, and and they want to keep the power that they have, which is it's just something that uh, uh, you 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 wrestle with in the Spider-Man comics on a regular regular basis. So a re- a real treat. Another character that gets redemption uh, is, is Sandman. Thomas Hayden Church returning as Sandman. Uh, again, a character who was sort of obscured uh, by, by the Venom storyline in Spider-Man 3. Uh, so I don't want to say too much about Spider-Man 3 again. I don't want to talk this about Venom. And, um, but to note, there is a, a, a bad guy from each one of the Sony entries in the Spider-Man franchise. Defoe from the first Raimi movie, Octavius from the second Raimi movie, Sandman from the third Raimi movie, Lizard from the first Garfield movie, and then uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro from the second Garfield Spider-Man. So, so that's sort of the pattern in which we, we follow. Those cameos are great. They're fantastic. And they're, those are the ones that we were, were, we were pretty aware of, pretty clued into. Um, and then, again, the rumor mill swirled. And, and everyone denied it. And I love the fact that they denied it, even though I think we all thought they were liars. And, and in fact, they were liars. Because not only does Andrew Garfield return as Spider-Man, but Tobey Maguire returns as Spider-Man. And again, I use the word redemption. Because as, wrong, as wronged as some of the villains were, particularly Andrew Garfield's villains in, in those movies... Uh, each of these Spider-Men was wronged in, in one way or another. Each of them got to go out, on, not on their terms, um, on, on sort of bad terms with, with the fans, with the audience. And, and I think Andrew, Andrew Garfield in particular has always sort of uh, shouldered, uh, un, unfairly shouldered the burden for, for the lack of success of the last Spider-Man franchise. Uh, and he's always wanted another crack at it. And what they are able to do with Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, again, is nothing short of exquisite. They give these characters redemption. They allow them to be the Spider-Man we always sort of knew they could be. They get to do more. They get to be an emotional support for Tom Holland, who is now going through something, uh, an adversity, a challenge that he's never had to go through before. And it's an emotional one. Uh, our, our, Tom Holland, our Spider-Man, Tom Holland, is on uh, a, a turbulent emotional roller coaster going into the third act of this film. And he needs the other Peter Parkers to help him. And not just, not just against the villains, but emotionally to, to deal with and to process the, the raw emotions that he's feeling and the overwhelming power that he's feeling 
to to possibly end a life uh, to make up for the one that was taken from him. And it's 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 so wonderful. Uh, Andrew Garfield gets gets his moment of redemption. Tobey Maguire gets an incredible moment of redemption as well. And and it made me so happy. Uh, Andrew Garfield Spider Man is the first one to return. And even even that struck an emotional chord with me just to see uh, that yes indeed they did bring back Andrew Garfield. And again, even though the movies aren't aren't my favorite Spider Mans, I was like I, I got a little choked up to see that happen. I was I was like wow they're 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 doing this they're they're going to make this happen. Uh, again at this point I had no idea where they would go with it if it was going to be like a one off scene or, or like how it was going to play out. Um, but when Tobey Maguire shows up. And he, uh, again, he makes his 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 uh, return, his debut in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not in the Spider-Man costume. I was a little nervous, but just seeing Toby come through the portal uh, was – I got choked up. I got very emotional about it. I, I don't know – I was surprised how emotional I got about seeing Tobey Maguire come back into the Spider-Man movie. Uh, and then to see him later on in the suit uh, was just I, – I, again, I was, I was kind of taken back. Taken aback by by how emotional I got to see these these two former Spider Man be Spider Man again, and again, surprisingly, get this moment of of redemption where you're like, "Gosh darn it!" Oh, I don't know why I said "gosh darn it." I meant, "God damn it!" I can't believe we didn't get that fourth Raimi Spider Man movie. Gosh damn it! I can't believe we didn't get that third Andrew Garfield Spider Man. Now I want to see him. And you know, I suppose in the in the in Grand Marvel tradition, there is a multiverse out there somewhere where we got seven. <laughs> Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies and eight Andrew Garfield ones. So what do I know? But their role is so important to the to the story. Their role is so intrinsic to 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 Tom Holland's journey as as Peter Parker as Spider-Man in this movie. Uh, and I I don't think they could have done it any better. And and you know I was I was worried with with all these villains and and the rumors of of the other Spider-Man coming in that this movie would be something of a muddled mess and that it would be too much. It, it, you know, we've seen a number of superhero movies that, that suffer from having too many villains, too many other things going on. Marvel's always been very good with that balance. But I was still concerned. I was still concerned. And and I was so happy to be wrong. I was so happy uh, to be mistaken about what was going on because the movie we got was just a delight. Like I said, there there are moments where maybe you could accuse it of being a tad self-indulgent. Um but the comedy's there. Like I love the interplay between Maguire and Garfield, and talking about the the, the sort of weirdness of their of their time as Spider Man. Some of the some of their their more unusual moments from the film history. It's it's great stuff. The great reports. Uh, Peter Tobey Maguire referencing his bad back, which became you know a national news story at the time because they had to stop production uh, because his back hurt too much, and you know the, all those all the stories that that was like a, a, a contract negotiation tactic. Uh, so to get more money from Sony and, and things like that, and they they sort of make jokes about that. You know, though there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, self awareness with these two Spider Men, and and for fans in the know, I think you'll get a good chuckle out of all these things. Um, it it is so wonderful and it's so delightful. But I want to remind everyone again, as I said earlier in my review, the emotional core of this movie is is our group of of, of friends, is Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Is Zendaya as MJ, and uh, Jacob Jacob uh, I can't remember Jacob's last name as Ned Leeds. That core friendship is at the heart of this movie, and their friendship is is what propels it, and and drives it forward. And and why Peter ultimately makes the decision he has to make at the end of this movie. 
So let's talk about the plot a little bit more. Uh, we all know Doctor Strange is in this flick, and Doctor Strange is great in this flick. I love Cumberbatch. I am a, a Cumberbatch believer, so more Cumberbatch is never a bad thing for me. Uh, I love what they do here. I love all, all his efforts to try and stop Spider-Man from doing what he's doing. And I like that when he sees that Peter Parker's actually pulling off what he said he would do, that Strange is impressed. There's a, there's a, a wonderful uh, uh, sort of, I don't know, like not friendship, but a, this sort of respectful relationship between these two characters uh, where Peter Parker continues to surprise Strange. And, you know, Strange even comments how sometimes he forgets that Peter Parker is just a kid. Uh, because they've been through so much, they've saved the world, and they've saved they've saved reality in the universe. You know, we've seen the trailer. We know that the spell goes wrong. We've seen all that stuff. Um, and for the for the big chunk of the first part of the movie, it's about putting the spell back together. It's about it's about bringing those characters back and putting them back in their reality before Peter decides that he has to save everyone first. Try to fix all these characters. Um, what else do I want to talk about with the plot? Obviously, the, the propelling the, the 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 moment that propels this all forward is the big reveal of of not the big reveal, excuse me, but the revelation from the end of the last movie, mysterious message to the Daily Bugle that Peter Parker is Spider Man, and uh, Spider Man turning into public menace number one, the J. Jonah Jameson wet dream, Spider Man menace. It's real. It's a thing. And I love that Tom Holland's character gets to be the menace for for a little while. You know, the public persona turns on him. And let's talk about another wonderful cameo because it happened. We talked about it on the Dare. Uh, excuse me. We talked about it on the Hawkeye episode. We got Wilson Fisk. So yes, indeed, it was true. It happened. We got one Matthew Murdoch in this movie. Yes, right. Daredevil is alive and well, and not just a Matthew Murdoch. He's just like they're like, oh, that's Matt Murdoch. Hey, there he is over there in his suit with his uh, red sunglasses on and a cane. No, no, no. He has his powers. He is most definitely. Daredevil. Uh, it was wonderful to see Charlie Cox back in the role. I uh, I sort of secretly had hoped he would do more in the film in the flick, but just knowing that he's there in the cinematic universe in the MCU delights me to no end. Uh, and hey, maybe now he's cameos at the end of uh, at the end of Hawkeye <laughs> on Wednesday this this week. Wouldn't that be fun? So yeah, Peter Parker has he lawyers up. Matt Murdock's his lawyer. Uh, um, all the charges are trumped up against him, but the the world knows that he's Spider Man now, and it it the cost of that, the 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 burden of of the public knowing who he is, the 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 dueling secret identity, Peter trying to go to school with everyone knowing his secret now, and the the cost, the toll that takes on him as a character. This is what propels him uh, to seek out Doctor Strange for the first spell, and initially, I think he, he doesn't even want. Uh, he just—I can't remember the first spell request he wanted, um, but it it, it it all sort of springs together because he's he's upset that his friends are being punished uh, for their association with him. They can't get into MIT. There's a, a wonderful scene of them all trying to get get their college applications together so they all, they can all go to school together. They all want to go to MIT and all their fallback schools, and each and every one of them rejects them because of their association with Peter Parker, an alleged criminal. Uh, but most definitely Spider-Man, and because of the, sort of the, the foggy legal status of Peter Parker and Spider-Man, these uh, you know Ned and MJ can't go to school. They're not going to get accepted anywhere, and and that tears up Peter. That tears him up inside. He's 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 very upset that his friends are being punished for being friends with him, uh, and so that's why he seeks to undo this and undo uh, everyone knowing about him, uh, and then it spirals from there. 
it spirals from there, and and we, we go back to that in the third act, and that is where where Peter makes the the sacrifice, where he learns again, he gets the origin story in this movie. The tragic Spider-Man origin story happens in the third film, of of the Mar- of the MCU. It is such a unique way to process Spider-Man's origin, to give us his origin in 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 sort of backwards fashion, you know. Um, I, I I was just really. I, I really commend the writers uh, for for doing it this way. It was I thought it was so unique and so uh, interesting and 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 powerfully done because we've gotten to know these characters. And I guess I guess I get I guess I have to kind of say it. I mean, we're already in spoiler territory, right? So uh, the the impetus for for Peter Parker in this movie, the the motivation is the death of Aunt May. This is what causes everything. This is what causes Peter Peter to spiral. This is what causes Peter to. Um, seek vengeance over justice against Norman Osborn. Uh, and it, it works so effectively because we have gotten to spend two and a half movies, not counting her time in Civil War and, and, and the other cameos, but with, with Marissa Tomei's Aunt May. We know that character. We like that character. We love that character. And now she's cut down. It's the opposite of what we've gotten before with the Ben with Ben Parker. When... We get the Spider-Man origin movie in the first film, and we spend 15 minutes with Ben Parker before he's killed, and we're just supposed to feel for Peter Parker because that's his, that's his uncle, and that's you know his surrogate father, and we're supposed to feel bad. But we've never spent much time with that character. We just spent two and a half movies, maybe even a little bit more if you count the time in Civil War, with May. And now she's cut down. And now Peter Parker has the tragic origin that he hasn't had at this point. And he needs the other Peter Parkers to help him because they've had it already. And I'm, <laughs> I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. I'm, I'm going to start to cry. Uh, but, but the moment when, when he's trying to tell uh, Toby Spider-Man and, and uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man that they don't understand, that they, they can't possibly understand what he's going through right now, um, and they each relay their, their tragic origin story, uh, it was just, just something else. It was really, really uh, just stellar. Stellar performances all around in that in that particular scene, and and Peter sort of the dawning of the understanding that that he's not alone, and that maybe um, the tragedy of Peter Parker <laughs> is a multiversal situation as well. Um, it's just so so gosh darn good, so damn wonderful. Uh, again, there there are moments in this movie where again I got very very choked up. I, I can't lie. I mean I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, so. That shouldn't come as too much of a shocking revelation to anybody out there who knows me that uh, Tom got a little weepy during a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you know, it happens, right? It happens. But, yeah, I mean, this one plumbed the depths, right? Because, uh, again, it was almost 20 years ago that, that, that Tommy McGuire's Spider-Man movie debuted, and we, we saw a, a man swing through the, the streets of New York City. And, and uh, yeah, it was just... Just really, really wonderful and delightful. The The heart of this movie is so strong. The action is so strong. It's a tad long. That's, I mean, that maybe that's like the knock I have on it. It's a, it's a bit long, but it's it's so good and it moves so quickly. Uh, uh, you also get John Favreau back as Happy Hogan in this movie. Um, Flash makes, makes some really, you know, he's, he's good. He provides some good comic relief. Uh, you know, moments pretending to be Spider-Man's friend, 
uh, again, the action sequences are really top notch. You like seeing Spider-Man's uh, technology uh, at play. But let's let's fast forward to the end. Let's let's talk about the end where Peter makes the, the ultimate sacrifice because he he realizes that um, to be Peter Parker, to be Spider-Man, and to protect his friends, he has to have Strange do the spell again. But this time, there's no if, ands, or buts. There's no well, no leave Aunt May. Or, you know May has to know, and MJ has to know, and Ned has to know. None of that. Everyone will forget. And it's not they will forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. They will forget Peter Parker. And that, again, the next level of, of Peter's uh, sacrifice. To keep everyone safe, they have to know have no knowledge of him whatsoever. Even Doctor Strange will not know, will not remember their time together, their adventures together. Peter Parker gives it all up to save everyone that he loves. And, and that is... That is that is Spider Man. That is Peter Parker to a T. It is the ultimate Spider Man movie, in my opinion, because it's it is it is a sacrifice on the grandest scale possible, on the grandest scale possible, and the movie ends. Uh, he tries. To, uh, I don't. I don't want to say too much about when he tries to go find MJ, uh, because that's another another scene and, and a moment of realization for Peter and, and his growth and development as a character. But because no one remembers Peter Parker, Spider-Man's back to basics. He's making homemade suits again. He's out there on the streets all alone, no support, no Avengers, no uh, high-tech suits, no gizmos, no gadgets. It's Peter Parker, Spider-Man, street-level superhero again, friendly neighborhood. And again, it is the classic origin of Spider-Man. We've, we've gone from Spider-Man in space to, to battling Thanos to... Back to basis, ground level hero that no one remembers has saved the world over a dozen, uh, over and over again. Now, again, if you wanted, if you wanted, like, there's probably some logic flaws in 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 the spell. You know, I mean, sure, the world forgot, but I mean, if you look, maybe if you Googled, <laughs> you, you'd find Peter Parker. I don't know. I don't know the logistics of Doctor Strange's spells. You know, I don't know how a forgetfulness spell works exactly. Uh, but let's just say that by and large, it's, it's wiped out databases, it's wiped out newspapers, and you can't look up Peter Parker anymore. Let's just say it worked that way. So again, Peter's sacrifice, the, 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 the understanding that with great power comes great responsibility, and the emotional guidance from the other Peter Parkers, uh, they really just bring this movie home. It is so gosh darn good. Uh, I cannot urge you enough to see it. I understand that, um, and trust me, this was definitely on my mind going to see the theater. Obviously, uh, here in California, we are under a new mask mandate, but it's only being loosely enforced by establishments. And, you know, the the Omicron variant is sweeping the globe. Uh, it, it, just check your favorite sports team and you'll see exactly what I mean. Uh, the NFL, NBA, NHL, all being ravaged by 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 COVID nineteen positive tests, uh, so yeah, it was a little scary. So if you don't want to go to the theaters, I completely understand. You know, you can wait it out. It'll probably be, it probably won't be the forty five day window for Disney Plus. It'll probably be like sixty ish days before you can watch it at home on Disney. Uh, but but when, when it's available on Disney Plus, watch the crap out of it because <laughs> it's really really great. And again, I I hope it'll be available on Disney Plus. That that deal with with um. With Sony is is a little murky as far as like who gets what streaming rights when, um, but 
you know, even if they do the uh, the rent the rent thing on Amazon where you can do a theatrical rental for like twenty bucks, it's totally worth your twenty bucks. So so maybe in a couple of weeks they'll be doing that, and you can pick you can watch it home for for uh, like twenty four hours for twenty bucks. Not a bad deal. For what I think might be, might be, the best cinematic Spider-Man movie yet, and I do not say that lightly because Spider-Man Two, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man Two, holds such a special place in my heart. But I really, really liked this movie. Uh, I really, lo- I really loved this movie, and as much as I want to go see it again, I will, I will probably not venture back out into the theaters for a little while. Um, once was enough. I feel like I'm going to wait it out a little bit. Um, but yes, a real, real delight. And I cannot urge you enough to see it. I, I think I've covered all the points I wanted to make, all the things I wanted to talk about. Uh, I, I didn't talk about enough about Electro, but Electro gets done right this time around. Looks great. Jamie Foxx is, is on point. And there's even a moment where he powers up with an arc reactor, uh, and you see like the little flash of the classic Electro mask from the comic book series. Wonderful little touches there like that. Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman gets a great moment. Uh, uh, Reese Ethan's uh, uh, Lizard gets a moment to shine. Everyone is, is again, it's the, the, the underlying theme of this movie is like redemption for so many of these characters who were sort of done dirty in, in, their, in their previous iterations. And then for, for Tobey Maguire and for, for Andrew Garfield, whose, whose Spider-Man turns sort of uh, ended ingloriously, uh, a chance to come back, and they go out on such a high note. It's, it's so great. And I don't want to understate Cumberbatch, great as Doctor Strange, but he doesn't steal this movie. He's only in like the first act or so. Uh, but, but you know, nice. And he wants him to Scooby-Doo this shit, and I love that. Uh, so, yeah, that is my review of Spider-Man No Way Home because, as I said, at the end of this movie, there is no way home because no one knows who Peter Parker is. He's on his own. He is an independent Spider-Man. He, not, he hasn't even finished high school. He can't even finish high school because of the spell. He has to get his GED. They show him with a GED book. Think about that. Think about that. He's, he, Peter Parker sacrifices his own entire future for the safety of his friends. I mean, again, this just underscores Peter's sacrifice here and, 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 and sort of how Peter Parker has always operated. And it's wonderful and it's delightful. And if you don't rejoice in it as much as I do, uh, you're a damn fool. And that's all I've got to say about that. So yeah, this is like a 9 out of 10, maybe even a 9.5. I love this movie. It's, it's so good. And I, the more I think about it, the more I, I, just, I just love it. And I, I can't wait to see it again. I'm, I'm so, so hoping that everyone goes and sees it this weekend and we can all talk about it together because it's a real, real treat. So thank you all so much for listening to my review of Spider-Man No Way Home. My name is Tom. This is the TomCast Podcast. Please make sure you're following us on social media, TomCast Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing the show. And uh, we truly, truly appreciate that, especially at this, this holiday season of giving. Give your friends the gift of a free podcast. It's the best gift you can give. It's better than a Jelly of the Month Club. Let me tell you that. Let me tell you that. I want to thank again the official members of Pophead Nation, which you can join at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopcast. Join the nation. Gain access to bonus content. Thank you to the Kermageons, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of A-Park, Jeff Nail, Jeff Cozen, the Ringineer, check it out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Rissard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista, a Pride Brewing Company, here in San Diego, and extremely soon in Baltimore, Maryland, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, and the Silent Assassin, he who shall not be named. Thank you all so, so much for listening. We're going to be back very, very soon, because Hawkeye's wrapping up on Wednesday. Ooh. And we're excited to talk about it. You know we are. 
Yes. All right. We'll talk to you then. Ciao, babes. Do you know Peter Parker, who's Spider-Man? Yes. Is that him? No. So the Tribe drops its third straight on this trip, 6-1 to one to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got, one goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Great story. Compelling and rich. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions! Yeah!